Are you ready to be inspired, challenged, and strengthened in your faith walk? Are you ready to get breakthrough from those old cycles and thought patterns that you just can't seem to get freedom from? Then you've come to the right place. You are going to get freedom, you are going to get breakthrough, and you are going to get healing because that's the life that Jesus paid for. This podcast is not just talk. We're going to live it. I want to personally welcome you to my little podcast corner. My name is Jillian Ahonen, and I am so excited for what God's going to do through our time together today. Whether you're driving in traffic to work, out on a morning run, or sipping your coffee in a comfy chair, let's get our hearts ready for today's word. Good morning. Welcome back to another episode of Not Just Talk. As always, my name is Jillian Ahonen, and I am so thankful you've carved out time to join me today. I, I'm literally sitting in my car parked in the driveway because I did not have a quiet place to record a podcast, so I have no idea how the sound is going to turn out today, so I apologize if it's not very good quality, if you hear an airplane in the background, maybe you hear the leather seats rumbling around when I move, I don't, I don't know what we're going to hear, maybe a a dog walking past me, barking at a cat, who knows. Um, But here I am, you know, where there's a will, there's a way, right? I want to talk about God's love for you today. But before I get started, I, I want to share this cute story about Colson that he just shared with me yesterday. He's so cute. So for those of you who don't know, we, um, it was back in 2019, actually, December 2019, that we started uh, putting Colson on an online school. So Um, it's not a, I'm not teaching him curriculum. We already have planned curriculum and it's Christian based. It's out of Liberty University in Virginia. Um, but I, I oversee, I facilitate, I sit with him. I, you know, there's a lot of hands-on that I do. So anyway, it's kind of homeschooling, but not completely. And, uh, so anyway, we're going through, uh, his subjects last week and in science, he was learning about the seven days of creation and how, what God did on each day. And we got to the seventh day and it was so cute. He was just like, cause he learned that God set that, that day apart, that he made it holy, that he blessed it and that it was a day of rest. And he's like, Whoa, mom. We go to church on the seventh day. We go to church on Sunday. And he made the correlation. So it was really cute. Well, further than that, he ended up having a sleepover at one of our neighbor's house this week, Saturday night. And, you know, we go to church as a family the next day. So he was either going to bring his friend or just come home. The, The invitation was open, but we weren't sure what his friend wanted to do. So anyway, he was sharing with me. They got to talking, um, about Sundays and his friend goes, Oh, tomorrow's Sunday. I hate Sundays. And Colson's like, why? Why do you hate Sundays? And he goes, because that means Monday I have to go back to school. And Colson's like, well, but Sunday is God's day. I mean, he blessed that day. It's the holy day. It's, it's, it's the day that he made that we're supposed to go to church and worship him. And he's, and he goes, you can't hate Sunday. Sunday is God's day. <laughs> so, so cute. Anyway, it's just, you know, it, it's a perfect example of how these revelations of God's truth through his word can root so deeply and so powerfully in 
the little hearts and the little minds of our children and how important it is to raise them in the ways of the Lord. And then all of a sudden they find themselves in these situations and they can speak up in God's truth and encourage people, even people that may not believe what we believe. It just comes out so naturally and boldly because there's just a faith that receives what God says to be true. And, you know, that that could be a word for you today before we get into today's message. Things that I share, it's got to come through a childlike faith and a belief that just receives what God says to be true over what we see, over what we've experienced, over what we're feeling, over maybe the way life has spoken to us and things like that. So that that's a very powerful concept and idea for you to take into today's message because I really felt very strongly that God wanted me to paint a picture for you today that you are so so deeply loved by him. He doesn't want this to be something you just hear about or know in your head because you've heard about his love, but the powerful truth that you walk in and live out of every single day, every single day. He wants to give you a deeper and a greater revelation of his love in ways that will blow your mind. He wants to reach into the very core of your being and rewrite the truth of who you are to him until it's woven into every fiber of your being so that you can live fearlessly in his enveloping love. He wants you to be so confident in his love and your true identity as his beloved child that nothing in this life can break you down or cause you to live insecure. In order to be rooted and confident in his love, you got to go deeper with him. You have to be willing to take that time to identify those barriers in your mind and in your heart that struggle to believe that you are fully loved by God and allow his spirit to come in and remove those barriers and those layers of mud, so to speak, that life has packed on. There's so much that goes on in life that can really cloud our view of God, causing us to feel unloved, not good enough, unworthy, and in turn, we can really, really struggle to feel confident. God knows that most of us are living out of a broken view of him and ourselves just trying to survive this life, living detached from his love. For most of us, we struggle to feel worthy of love and in turn don't fully receive his love or we struggle to believe his love is the completeness of what our hearts are actually yearning for and it's breaking God's heart. I believe he's calling you back to his heart today. He wants you to be so secure in his love when life shakes and when the devil tries to whisper things that are in opposition of what our heavenly father says, you don't get rocked. When you know that you are truly loved by him and you live firmly rooted in your truest identity as a child of the most high God, life around you can shake, arrows can come and fly at you, the accuser can try to crush you, and the storms of life may crash over you, but you at your core will not be shaken. He is calling each one of us to rise and take our rightful position for the kingdom of heaven and walk confidently in what he says, regardless of what others may say or think or even how we may feel. Too many of us are clouded with lies, labels that life put on and brokenness to the point that we can't even see beyond what life has told us. And we end up living out of our broken view, trying to find things that fill that empty place inside of our hearts, missing that all we truly need is our confident trust secured in God's love. God loves us individually and perfectly, and how he sees you and me is beyond what we can fathom. He sees his reflection in us. We are made in his image, a masterpiece by divine design. And because of Jesus, we're spotless, 
clothed in righteousness and carriers of his overwhelming glory. You are actually made to reflect and radiate the very facets of our Father, filling the earth with his glory. This is a really hard concept to understand, and I really want to go deeper on this, but I want to, I want to come back and establish the foundation of love in your life because that is what we need to build on. For many years, I, I really could not see myself beyond my own feelings, and let me tell you, I didn't think much of myself. I really didn't. I desperately needed a revelation of God's love and deep-rooted an understanding of my true identity. I also really needed to see where the enemy slipped in, and I was believing his lies over God's truth. So I want to share a memory of myself when I was a little girl, and this memory may not relate to you at all because I'm a girl and you may not have had this kind of experience or this kind of memory, but this is my memory. And the reason I'm sharing it today, because as I, as I share everything that God has put on my heart, I really believe that there is a powerful correlation between this memory for me personally, when the enemy came in and how it created an insecurity that I was living from until I had an understanding of God's love and he took me on this journey of understanding. And as I share, I want you to think back to a memory where you felt confident, where you felt free, where you felt um, loved and maybe worthy and and untouched by life. I think these are really valuable moments to reflect on because then we can see where the enemy has slipped in to get us to doubt, doubting God's love, fill us with insecure thoughts. So here we go. I'm going to share the memory. Okay. When I was about four years old, I had this favorite outfit and I felt absolutely beautiful in this outfit. It was white knee high socks, those saddle shoes that are black and white. I don't know if you know what they are. If you have a visual there, you can Google search there. I think they were called saddle shoes and they had the black toe, the white middle, and then the black heel. I had this red skirt that I don't know how else to describe it. I just called it my bandana skirt because it looked like a red bandana and it had a matching white shirt with very like subtle puff sleeves and the collar was the same material as the skirt. So it was super matchy matchy and I felt beautiful. My mom would put my hair in sponge curlers before I went to bed. So I had those crazy curls the next day, probably a little bit like Shirley Temple, but I felt beautiful in this little outfit. And I also remember I had this big brass bed that was almost, it it was really hard for me to even climb on top of. It felt so tall. It felt like it was close to my ceiling. I'm sure it was pretty short, but for me as a four-year-old, it felt enormous. And I had to climb into that bed and I had to take a nap every single day. Four years old, you know, still taking naps. And so I curled up on my bed and I remember placing my skirt just as perfectly as I could. And I'm such a girl, right? In my little daydream imagination, I had this little stuffed bunny in the corner on the floor of my room and it had its own cage. And I put my hands together and I put them under my chin, rested myself on my pillow. And I just, I was trying to position myself as a princess in the middle of a forest with the forest creatures around. And there I am waiting for my Prince Charming to come. And I felt beautiful and I felt free. And there I was taking my nap. Yes, four years old. I remember this go ahead and make fun of me. It's fine. But the point of my story is I felt beautiful. I was four years old. God 
took me back to this moment in time and reminded me of this little girl before life came in and shook me, before the enemy came in, before lies started messing with me, I felt so beautiful and so loved and so cared for. It wasn't too much time beyond that that I I remember self-hatred started to slowly come into my life, these thoughts. As I got older, I started to feel as if I was made wrong. I felt like I was too much yet never enough. You you understand what I'm saying about that? I know many feel that way. I've, I've heard other people describe that and I can relate to that. I grew up in a Christian home and honestly, my parents worked really hard to give me a solid foundation and in many ways they succeeded. But the enemy still used the flaws and my parents to create holes and the devil used those holes to mess with me. And I can look back and I can look at the timeline and I can come up with some specifics on what took place and how the enemy used it. But I'm not going to go there today. I'm just going to make a general statement that the enemy was after me from the beginning. He used life, imperfections of people around me to magnify his whispered lies. He used my very own little sister to breed a jealousy when I was way too young to even understand what was going on in my heart. He already had these things set up in place to try to rob me of the truth of who I am to Jesus and how much I'm loved. And he used everyone and all kinds of different scenarios in life to accomplish this. As I got older, he used kids at school to make me feel less than and magnify the things about me I already hated about myself. Maybe that, maybe you can relate to that. Have you ever had thoughts in your head and then all of a sudden circumstances happen and situation happens and almost solidifies the lie that you're already feeling and believing? And then it magnifies it and it becomes your truth that you're living from. I get it. I was there. It led me to believe I was made wrong, leaving me with an empty pit to go out and try to find ways to be accepted. Realize that if we believe we are made wrong, we are going to struggle to be confident in the love of our maker. We have to realize that his love and our confidence goes hand in hand. If we live with insecurities about who we are, how we're made, and all we see is flaws, why in the world would we trust the love of the one who made us? We can't. We cannot feel securely loved by the one who made us and simultaneously live insecure. You realize that it just doesn't work. And the enemy is the one who's been after us since the beginning to get us to believe his lies about who we are over God's truth. I want to back up a little bit and share another little backstory to help you connect a bit deeper. My parents were saved when I was about two years old. Soon after that, the Holy Spirit moved in my heart and I wanted the same. I remember I was four years old. We were sitting in the living room and it was near the window, kind of by the front door in this little carpeted area of the living room. And we knelt down as a family. And that moment I gave my life to Jesus. I wanted to live for him. I want you to connect with something, okay? I was four years old at my last memory of feeling beautiful, and I was also four years old when I invited Jesus to live in my heart, and I wanted to live for him. The Holy Spirit took me on a journey looking back at my own life, and I began to see the connection. He showed me what happened. I want you to connect this in your own life, too. When we are making Jesus Lord of our life, we are also being invited into the shared glory of God and fused into his family forever, heirs to the throne of heaven. This is in the Bible. 
You can read about it in Ephesians and Romans and other places. As children of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, we are carriers of his power and his presence, the Holy Spirit. We are physical temples of the living God. In 2 Corinthians 6, it says, For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Because of Jesus, God is with us. God is within us. And I want you to realize that before we even make this connection, before we even get a revelation of what this looks like and what this means, before we have an understanding of what we carry, the demons know the authority we've been given and who we are in the kingdom of heaven, and he hates the glory we've been invited to share. Remember, the devil got thrown from heaven because he wanted to be greater than God, and he deceived many angels so they'd go with him. Realize he's been working since the beginning of time to deceive us so that we miss out on who we are and what we have access to. Why? Because he knows when we truly get a revelation of who we are and how much we're loved, not only will we live confidently in an unwavering trust relationship with God, we become a living, breathing, and walking threat to the kingdom of darkness. And I'm going to help you make the connection right here, okay? When God opened my eyes to this and showed me how it all correlated, my mind was blown. Remember, my last memory, before God gave me a revelation of my identity and love, okay, so, but prior to that, prior to that confidence, four years old was the last time I felt free and beautiful and worthy of love, and four years old is also when I accepted Christ and when everything started to shift for me. The enemy was already at work to get me to believe lies over God's truth when I was young and vulnerable and had no understanding of what was going on. And he's doing this in so many lives today. I'm going to read from Mark 1.23. I'm sorry, I'm going to start at 21. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently, and he came out of him with a shriek. I want you to realize that that was the impure spirit talking to Jesus. And he reckoned, it wasn't the man, it was the impure spirit in the man speaking directly to Jesus. And he knew who he was. He knew that he was Jesus of Nazareth. I'm going to read a little bit more and then I'm going to make my point. Mark 3, 9 through 12. Because of the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him to keep the people from crowding around him. For he had healed many so that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. Whenever the impure spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. One more, Mark 5, 6 through 8. This is about the demon-possessed man in the cemetery. Many of you may know the story. You may not. If you don't, it's found in Mark chapter 5. I would encourage you to read it. It's powerful. It's amazing. But I'm going to start here at 6. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? 
My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many, and he begged Jesus again not to send them out of the area. I want you to notice what the Holy Spirit was showing me. These were people that were demon-possessed. It was not the people that connected that Jesus was the Son of God, that he was the Messiah. Okay, this is before Jesus even revealed who he truly was. Before people had a revelation that he was the Messiah, that he was the Son of the living God, the demons knew it. The enemy knows when Jesus enters the scene of our life. You think the devil didn't see you coming? I'm not saying that we're confident and then we get saved, we lose confidence, because most of us aren't really confident anyway, because our confidence is built on life, not God. What I am saying is the enemy is after God's children, and he has had an assignment against us from the beginning. I mean, come on, he's been working his way in to destroy how we see God causing us to live in shame since Adam and Eve. We have got to stop allowing life and feelings and what others have said about us to be the problem and recognize that these battles, including the biggest battle of how we see God and how he sees us, is not against flesh and blood. Ephesians 6.12 tells us this truth, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly realms. Satan hates you and he hates me and we need to recognize this. Not only does he despise you and me because we have been given everything he wanted, but he knows that if we're anchored in God's love and walking in the fullness of our identities in Christ, he can't lure us away into his destructive traps. And even more so, he's screwed. He knows he's powerless against the name of Jesus. And all we need to do is activate what is ours, which is complete authority over the enemy and all of his power. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. That's Luke 10, 19. Before I was aware that the enemy was after my identity, and he was the mastermind behind my insecurity and confusion, the pounding words that came into my life and the scenarios that seemed to line up with the words spoken over me weakened me to the point that I began shutting down to Christianity. I didn't feel loved, and the Christian girl got teased. At least that was the message my heart was receiving. Shortly after I turned 17, I ran. And I ran into the arms of any boy who would take my body. I so desperately wanted to feel loved, and I thought attention from the opposite sex would make me feel beautiful. Prior to that, I grew up going to church camps, vowing to save my body for my future husband, worshiping my Lord and Savior. But that inner insecurity and struggle to feel loved made me susceptible to the traps that the enemy had set up to lead me away from God's truth and into a pit of darkness. As much as I numbed out and I felt like I was getting the attention that I thought I wanted, the emptiness and the darkness from living apart from God got heavier and heavier. I know you may already know about my turnaround story and how I ran back to Jesus when I found out I was pregnant. I knew I was forgiven, but I didn't realize insecurities that were still in my heart caused me to continue to make many decisions out of fear and insecurity. I went into greater detail in my first podcast episode, Look Back Long Enough to Learn and Grow, so I'm not going to recap all the details today, but bottom line, my all-in obedience to God at 18 was a powerful turning point in my life, but I still lived with a broken view of God as my father and my identity as his beloved daughter. I knew my authority, I knew of this miraculous God that I had given my life to, but my confident trust in his love was shallow. The truth is, is when our confident trust in God's love and our identity in him is shallow, we can't make bold, faithful decisions. And for me, and most of us, 
we get rocked by life. When our confidence is not deeply rooted in his love with our identity secure in Christ, we struggle to walk by faith and constantly get tossed around by what we see and what we feel. Being all in with God is just one part. Anchored in his love and what he thinks of us is what opens us up to the fullness of what we have in him and through him. It opens us up to clearly hear his voice and what he has in mind for us, and fear-driven thoughts no longer carry power to paralyze us. Instead, we're filled with a confident trust that continually launches us forward. Before I got a revelation of God's love for me and my true identity in him, I looked to my circumstances for confidence and fell apart every time my life did. It wasn't until this one particular moment that I sat alone in my little kitchen table in Castle Rock, Colorado, and I cried out to God. I remember sitting there and I just said, God, I've heard what you said. I hear what your word says. I know these scriptures, but I don't believe it for myself. I just don't. I don't even like me. God, take your truth and your word that is in my head and sink it deeply into my heart until your truth is the only truth that I live from. He moved powerfully that day. I wrote down on a piece of paper, I folded it long ways in half, and on the left side, I was reminded of everything I believed about myself, every lie that was spoken over me, every word curse that was said to my face that penetrated and was like a broken record in my mind, and right next to that on every line, Jesus started to whisper words of truth. And it literally erased everything that I thought and I believed because the Holy Spirit was speaking to me powerfully in that moment, rewriting who I am to him as his beloved daughter, as a child of God. And I got a revelation of his love for me that day. That day became the game changer that set me up to live the way I live today. I didn't get to this place of confidence and understanding of who my God is and who I am to him or have the revelation of his unending love for me by hearing somebody else's testimony. I had heard testimonies my whole life. I had to have my own. I mean, come on, I grew up in church. I served, helped start church plants. I went to youth camp and women's retreats. I listened to all the testimonies and all the words of what God says and all the scriptures, but they couldn't penetrate the way the Holy Spirit did in that particular season of my life. Those were building blocks, and obviously we know the power of a testimony, but hearing a testimony is supposed to ignite something in us that says, do it again, Lord, and do it within me. We have to have our own encounter. Settling with hearing someone else's message, even a message from me and my time with the Lord or someone else's encounter with Jesus is not the full meal. You're just feeding off the crumbs of someone else's faith. Never, ever settle for the crumbs of mine or someone else's encounter with God when he has a table set up for you. Think about this. During the time of Jesus's ministry, when someone got healed, when people were getting freed from demonic oppression, they ran back to tell their friends, right? Their response was never, oh, yay for you, and then just move right along with their usual life. No way. The Bible says that when the news of what Jesus had done spread, crowds began to follow him everywhere, and his love met them individually. They each had their own personal encounter with Jesus, and their lives were forever changed. We need to stop and run to Jesus individually 
and personally, and we need to stop settling for what other people have encountered and other people's testimonies and other people's messages and other people's time with God, and we need to run to Him. We need to stop settling, living out of our own belief system, and boldly enter into His throne room of grace so that we ourselves can have a tangible encounter of the love of God and allow Him to write the truth of who we are in Him and to Him in our hearts that sets us up to change forever. No more self-talk. No more struggling to believe we're loved and that we're enough. We need the Holy Spirit to pierce straight to the core of our hearts and rewrite His truth so deeply and so powerfully that no life from the enemy can come in and take away whose and who we are. We need to stop resting on our own belief systems and start bringing those pieces to God that were shattered by life, giving the Holy Spirit an opportunity to tell us what He thinks. Each time I find myself struggling to believe what God says over what I'm feeling or seeing, I'm reminded of the story in the Bible of the Father's conversation with Jesus. It's in Mark 9. The Father brings His Son, His his demon-possessed Son that is being tormented and thrown into the fires. Can I just tell you that is a spirit of suicide on this boy? Okay, that's a word for somebody. If you have suicidal thoughts coming into your mind on a regular basis, I want you to know right now that those are not your thoughts. They are the tormenting lies from the devil. He is trying to get you to entertain thoughts because God has a purpose and a plan for your life, and you need to come out of agreement of every single one of those lying and deceptive spirits. We break that off in the name of Jesus, and we declare the truth that you are loved, that you are chosen, that you are a beloved child of God. Use a good plan for your life. Those are not your thoughts. They are the whispered lies of the enemy trying to get you to believe them. God wants to minister to you. He wants to love you. He wants to whisper his truths to your heart. But you got to come out of agreement with those lies and recognize where they're coming from. They are not coming from you. They're coming from the enemy of your soul. And I speak life over you in Jesus' name. Back to the story of the Father. The disciples couldn't cast the demons out. And so the Father goes to Jesus and says, If you can, will you heal my son? And Jesus looks at him and he says, what do you mean, if I can? Do you not believe? And the father says, oh, I do believe, but help me in my unbelief. That's a prayer point for me. That's a prayer point for all of us. If you are struggling with unbelief, but you have levels of belief inside of your heart, it's okay. Don't shove away the unbelief. Bring it to Jesus and say, God, I do believe, but help me in my unbelief. And he'll show up. These stories and these words from the Bible should be at the forefront of our mind to pull from. This is why it's so important to anchor ourselves in God's word, in his presence, and let his spirit of truth speak to us. Do you have a Bible? Open it. Open it every single day. Soak in the truth. The Bible is your sword, your weapon against all attacks and lies that the devil wants to whisper in your ear through thoughts and feelings and circumstances. We have to take up our sword daily and put on truth because we live in a war zone. God's word is filled with the truth of who he is, his love for us, as well as some powerful prayers and testimonies that we get to claim and say, do it again, Lord, and do it within me. We have to allow the words of our Heavenly Father come in and cut between truth and lies until we see clearly through His eyes and receive a greater revelation of how deep and how wide His love truly is for each one of us. My life changed that day at that little circle table when I sat before Him in raw truth and said, God, I hear what your word says. I see what's written in my Bible, but I don't see myself that way. Take your truth from my head to my heart so that it becomes the truth that I live out of. And he did. And I've never looked back. 
I don't have time to entertain anything less than what God says. Anything that creeps in through my circumstances or through my thoughts and my head that are in opposition to God's truth about his love for me and what he thinks of me gets flushed down the toilet. It doesn't matter what people say about me to my face or behind my back. It doesn't matter how I feel one day to the next. And it doesn't matter how many times I've been lied to, betrayed, and rejected. And God knows how many times that is. I know who I am to God and nothing can separate me from his love. And the way his love meets me just gets deeper and richer over time. No matter what I faced or where God wants to take me, it's his love for me and my identity as a child of God that's the foundation in my life. And it has set me up to get back up no matter what, no matter how many times life knocks me down. And it's also what has solidified my confident trust to go where he sends me. I am so saturated in my father's love and I know he has my back. With him, I have nothing to fear. Because when you get a revelation of love, you live fearlessly. Come on, you know this one. 1 John 4, 18. His perfect love casts out all fear. I don't wear my past. I don't fear my future. The days ahead have already been marked. And I rest in knowing that no matter what, God's going to use everything I face and everything I walk through for my good and his glory because he loves me. I stand firm in this truth and I continue to press forward to the purpose and the plans that he's established in advance for me. I don't get caught up in what I see or feel. I keep my eyes fixed on his and I press toward the hope that I have in him. This is what being loved by the Father looks like. We become so driven and so focused, nothing in this life can stop us. I have had so many encounters with God's love and he has met me in such tangible ways and he continues to. And I can live this way because I've learned to go to him for everything. He stopped being my last resort and is my one and only. This confidence came through a revelation of God's love. And from there, I had to learn to demolish every argument that set itself up against his truth, including the arguments in my head. I had to learn to take my thoughts captive and line them back up with God's truth so that I could hear him clearly and walk in the fullness of what he has for me. I picture our minds like a thick rainforest, all those vines and everything just just clouding our view. We can't see anything. We have to take out the sword, the word of God, and we have to start slashing those vines down that cost us the ability to see the path and see the truth and see what God has ahead. When we get a revelation of God's love and we start taking authority over every thought and every lie that's consumed our minds, all of a sudden we can see ourselves through our father's eyes. When we see ourselves through his eyes, we can rise confidently no matter what we face. We can hear him and trust every word. And though we may stumble, we will not fall because we know our daddy's going to be right there to pick us back up. When I think of the fact that Jesus sent his son to die on the cross for each one of us, just so that we could be close to him, I am overwhelmed with emotion. Think about this. God hated the separation of us and him through sin. We were never made to live apart from him. This was never his design or his intention. That's why he sent Jesus. It was to restore us back to him like a child to their father and our original design made in his image, made for his glory. He wants you to know the depths of his love for you. He wants you to draw close to him, inviting him into every crack and crevice of brokenness and lies that have been stored in your heart and mind that have been blocking you from living freely and fearlessly in his love. Will you take that step of faith today?
Will you carve out some time in your busy life or maybe you have time right now to put a pause on everything and sit in his presence and in faith invite him to show you who you are to him and how much you're loved by him. I want to close with Ephesians 3, 16 through 21. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all the generations forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. I'm believing the Holy Spirit met you powerfully through this week's episode of Not Just Talk. Now for the real part. Let's take this conversation beyond talk and live it in our daily lives. Amen? Don't forget to check out my newly released book. I'm really excited. It's called Ripple Effect, a transformational journey into God's heart that will change you from the inside out. It's available now on your favorite online bookstore, Amazon, or you can order a signed copy direct through my website, jillianahonan.com. Also, did you know that we have a ministry app where you can receive direct notifications for everything we have going on beyond this weekly podcast? Just search Jillian Ahonan Ministries in your app store and download it for free. And please, I'd love to see your face on social media. Connect with me on my public Facebook page or on Instagram. I hang out there daily. Don't forget to subscribe and come back next week for another episode of Not Just Talk. Hugs and blessings, family.